Tell me how you really feel. Tell me how you really feel. I would ask you what's the deal. But you don't even got a deal. Most niggas with a deal. Couldn't make the greatest hits. Y'all a whole lot of things. But you still ain't this. I don't know no one that can tell me what to do. Heard you never claim the hood. Heard the hood claim you. That can't sit well. Oh well, ship sail. Still mine, all mine. Cosign, cosign. I pull up and got so big that they try to hit me with both fines. Hype Williams, Big Pippin, yeah, just like the old times. Same niggas from the old days. Lot of sides on the same side. Over yo, we a gold mine. But I'm gon' go no time. Doing plat plat only. Boys better back off me. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. Like I'm shirt off, like I'm shirt off, like I'm shirt off, shorty. Whole city gone crazy. Whole city gone crazy. Top five, no debating. Top five, top five, top five. And the whole city raid me. And I'm back inside the matrix. And I said that we would make it. Ain't squad with some traders. Knew my niggas from the basement. This ain't no matter on the way shit. We done really put some days in. I'm like, why you excited? You know what I'm saying? What happened? Did he win the Grammy? Yeah, damn. He acting like a fucking trophies. This nigga turned the fuck up. They gon' think I want a Grammy. They gon' think I want a Grammy. Swerving out panoramic. I'm hanging out, they can't stand me. They gon' think I want a Grammy. 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 I'm showing out, they can't stand me. I'm showing out, they can't stand me. Swerving out, they can't stand me. I'm working out, can't stand me. They gon' think I want a Grammy. 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 I'm a pill off like a bandit. I'm a nodding off for the Xanax. Get pissed off, start airing it. Get a head start, and ain't friendly. I stand out, don't blend in when I say that. I meant that. I don't wanna talk to you, happens. I don't wanna fix no nanny. I don't wanna fix to nothing. You can't even get on my guest list. They want me to go to the Met Gala. I want a Ferguson in the Gala. The activists, I take it, don't matter. We sitting right on the court side. I know the players on both sides. I'm catching out, fuck a cosine. I wear the chain like a bow tie. I wear the rain like a four five. Keep the four five for the pro guys. Black 10, low profile. Celebrating every day, cause I'm really, really fresh at the coke house. Counting up every single day, about to bring a whole nother willpower. They gon' think I want a Grammy. They gon' think I want a Grammy. Swerving out panoramic. I'm hanging out, they can't stand me. They gon' think I want a Grammy. 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 I'm showing out, they can't stand me. I'm showing out, they can't stand me. Swerving out, they can't stand me. I'm working out, can't stand me. They gon' think I want a Grammy. 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 This is the General Policy FWN Podcast. Good morning. I lost some money. Hold on. I think I lost it. I might have spent it. Running around. Running around yesterday. But y'all know what time it is. Uh, You know, hold on. Yeah, y'all know what time it is. Uh, Like I said, General Policy FWN Free Women and Men Podcast. Uh, I'm the one talking to you. Burrow, burrow. Uh, you know, in this podcast, um, if you are new, your first time ever listening, uh, you know, I primarily talk about, um, you know, esoteric knowledge, uh, you know, uh, numerology, astrology, um, symbolism, symbology, 
shit like that. Um, you know, in history, um, huge history buff. Uh, I really enjoy history and shit like that. And now I'm really starting to enjoy math, um, you know, and symbols, learning shit like that. But, uh, yeah, I mainly talk about, you know, obviously the Zodiac and astrology, but, uh, Gematria. Uh, Gematria is the ancient practice of coding letters and numbers into words and phrases, uh, basically assigned a numerical value uh, to words. Um, it's uh, ancient practice, like I said, uh, Egypt, you know, uh, well, you can say Egypt, uh, Hebrew, uh, Jewish practice of doing this shit. Um, a lot of ciphers, well, not really, but when you think of it, because, you know, numbers are infinite. So you got about 20 ciphers uh, based, you know, different patterns and shit. But the ciphers that we focus on, that I focus on, um, are pretty much the base ciphers, uh, the four base ciphers, which are based in the English alphabet. Um, and they are uh, basically the English ordinal, which is, you know, A through Z, 1 through 26. Um, then you have that cipher, uh, you know, with the rules of numerology applied uh, for the second cipher. So that would be basically meaning you simplify each double digit number uh, to a single digit number. So for instance, the letter or the number 10 would be, you know, one, the number 11 would be two, 12 would be three and so forth. Then you have both of those ciphers in reverse. So Z would be uh, one up to A is 26. And then the next cipher, you know, you would add the rules of numerology applied. Why English? Uh, because English is the most commonly spoken language across the world. It's the language for trade, language franca, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It is, you know, what what one needs to know to survive ultimately, maybe not survive, maybe a little extreme, but ultimately to, you know, maneuver around the world, especially if you're out here in the business world. You know what I mean? Um, you can go across the country. Obviously, what makes the United States so significant is the fact that, you know, a person here in Georgia where I am can understand a person in Washington, which is across the, you know, the country. Whereas, you know, in Europe, granted, I'm sure they all speak, can speak different languages and shit over there, too. But, you know, in France, they're speaking French, whereas in, you know, Germany, they're speaking German type shit. So... You know, but the commonality is there that Frenchman and that German both know how to speak English. Uh, and so, you know, when you think about it, English speaking countries, capitalist countries are the ones that, you know, dominate the world and they're headed south as they're, you know, further in their reach. Uh, but that's that. Uh, ultimately, uh, we're just going to get into today. Uh, what we're going to talk about. Um, if you listen to yesterday's episode, you know, I pretty much told you we'd probably have New York in the news uh, yesterday just because of the uh, it had 78 day numerology. And we know New York equals 78 if you're a veteran or, if you you know, you follow. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to, you know, all the other truth seekers out there, especially the one that I learned from Zachary K. Hubbard. Um, you know, you don't follow Jamatria Effect News on YouTube. Uh, you're missing out greatly because he he obviously you know, with it being youtube is giving you the visuals uh you know of the calculator um so you can basically see it whereas me you know i'm telling it to you over this uh you know podcast and shit 
Uh, I will be having a YouTube channel coming out soon. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But anyway, New York equals 78 uh, with the alphabet in reverse, where Z is 1 up to A is 26. You spell out New York, it equals 78. And yesterday, the date numerology um, was 78. Um, 7 plus 29 plus 20 plus 22 equals 78. And, um, you know, they're in the news ultimately for uh, monkeypox. You know, the monkeypox virus. Uh, the Virgo, Kathy Holchul, basically declared the emergency yesterday for monkeypox. And, um, again, if you've been following, this is just... Uh, you know, oh wow, monkeypox equals 33. I didn't know that. And New York equals 33. And this is the same cipher. Um, they equal 33 um, with the alphabetic order in reverse with the rules of numerology applied. Um, so that's wild. I did not know that. Monkeypox. And we know the highest degree in Freemasonry is the 33rd. We know Masons, um, you know, fall under the Jesuit umbrella. If you didn't know, the Society of Jesus or the Jesuit order. Um, they pretty much run the world. Um, they're a Catholic order. Um, you know, they run the world uh, on behalf of the Catholic Church, who ultimately, you know, runs the world. Uh, the Jesuits are in about 112 countries, probably more by now, but they're officially within 112 countries. Um, they've got 28 colleges and universities here in the United States alone. Um, most of your polit most of our politicians here. Um, had to go through, you know, some type of Jesuit university in order to get where they're at. Again, Jesuits from the world. Right now, we're at the time of the first ever Jesuit pope in uh, Pope Francis. Uh, the Jesuits, um, you know, granted, there probably have been other popes that were affiliated with the Jesuits, but they weren't outspoken with it just because what the Jesuits uh, ultimately are known for. Uh, but, yeah, the Society of Jesus uh, has their first ever pope. In Pope Francis, the 266th uh, Pope. Um, you know, the 266th Pope. 266th Pope is a Jesuit. Uh, if you recall, I ain't even going to get into that. But Jesuit's logo was the sun. That's why the suns were in the uh, finals. You know what I mean? That's why they did so well in the bubble the year prior to them going to the NBA finals. You know what I mean? When they were in the bubble, um, Devin Booker averaged 26.6 points, and that's no cap. You can look that up. That's actually like my first Instagram post, uh, slick. Um, but yeah, Devin Booker averaged 26.6 points. They went 8 and 0 in the bubble, still didn't make the playoffs 8 and 0 for Kobe and shit. But anyway, um, yeah, with monkeypox equaling 33, uh, New York equaling 33, just you know, goes to show you know, it's all a planned out agenda. Um, this falls into the agenda. Uh, 21 agenda 2030 uh, plan uh, that they have for us it's ultimately the new world order if you listen to me uh, yesterday when i was reading um, our little history lesson during that history lesson segment you see that you know obviously the masons and clans pretty and the ku klux klan are pretty much simultaneous or you know like the same thing uh, a lot of our politicians you know have that invisible cloak on if, if that makes sense um a lot of them, and, you know, it's all about basically keeping people of color down and furthering, you know, the strength of, you know, their positions. Uh, this monkeypox shit is ultimately just going to they're going to target, you know, the poor black people, obviously. Um, monkeypox actually equals 48 in the purest cipher. Uh, the purest cipher is the alphabetic 
order with the rules of numerology applied. Uh, and it equals 48. Um, so, you know, we're going to get a lot more viruses and shit coming out um, as they talk about this. With her declaring this on a um, on a Friday, right? This happens Friday. Uh, it ultimately reminds <clears throat> reminds us that, you know, she is a Virgo. Um, you know, she I believe she's the first ever governor of New York. That's a female. So, again, you know, falls under that uh, sacred feminine, um, you know, ritual that we've got going on since uh, since the time of the Great Conjunction. You know, where women and people of color uh, are getting, you know, notarized and getting empowered as well as, you know, minorities. But the only minorities truly getting empowered are, you know, the gay community and Asians. Uh, they're not doing anything for Hispanics or blacks uh, other than putting them in, you know, these positions of power like uh, Kentaji Brown Jackson, Kamala Harris. And then if you look in the sports world, you see a lot of black female first and female first shit like that. But ultimately, they ain't doing shit. Um, you see a lot of major cities have female governors or her mayors, like, for instance, Chicago's mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot, you know, who looks a little whacked out to me. You know, but and again, uh, so yeah, I'll just read this article, a uh, little bit of it from ABC News yesterday. New York governor declares monkeypox a disaster emergency. They've got disaster emergency in parentheses or quotations rather. So let's see what that equals. Always look up the value of whatever they have in parentheses. You know what I mean? Because that. That's the shout out to the code, you know what I mean? So monkeypox, we'll see. Monkeypox in the four base ciphers equals 138, 48, that's forwards, and then in reverse, it equals 105 and 33, all right? So let's see what disaster emergency equals. 82, 82, um, COVID equals 82, that's the purest cipher. Um, equals 190, look at that as 90. Um, Damn, that's crazy. Uh, it equals 269 in reverse. And um, if I'm not mistaken, well, we know, well, 269 is the 57th uh, prime number. But uh, uh, she's the 57th governor. Yeah, because Cuomo was the 56th governor and she's the 57th governor. So disaster emergency equals 269 in reverse. It's the 269 is the 57th prime. Kathy Hochul is New York's 57th governor. Uh, that's wild. That's wild. But I'll continue reading. Uh, let me see. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, New York governor Kathy Hochul issued an executive order Friday in response to the growing monkeypox outbreak in the state and declared it to be a disaster emergency. I'm a, all right, so this is her quote, Kathy Hochul. After reviewing the latest data on the state, on the monkeypox outbreak in New York State, I am declaring a state of emergency, a disaster, a state disaster emergency to strengthen our aggressive ongoing efforts to confront this outbreak. And again, this is all strengthening the surveillance state, of, which is the United States, because um, they're just coming out with more technology to monitor us. Again, when 5G really hasn't been kicked in, once it does kick in, the technology that is going to follow as far as like the phones and shit, they're going to be able to tell where you are, where you are in your house. You know, exactly. They're going to know if you're in your bedroom or like in your living room type shit. Same thing with like public places and shit like that. That's what the 5G really is about. So it's going to be easier to bomb your dumb ass. Um, 
but yeah, that's just Kathy Holchul. Again, she's a uh, Virgo. Um, pretty sure her birthday's coming up. Uh, she took place for Cuomo. I think Cuomo was a Sagittarius, so you know, uh, Virgo being uh, ruled by Mercury. Mercury is opposite or detriment to Jupiter. Jupiter rules over Sagittarius like Cuomo. Uh, Andrew, who right now you see is going through a defamation suit of his own as people are accusing him of raping and groping and shit like that. But let's see. Kathy Hochul in Gematria equals 51 in the pure cipher, which is the alphabetic order with the rules of numerology applied. But in reverse, with the rules of numerology applied, her name equals 48, just like monkeypox equals 48 forwards with the rules of numerology apply so boom that's why we're here you know that's how they do it that's how they do it let's see from her birthday oh and like i said with it being friday you know friday named after uh venus they like to pair those two together venus and mercury because those are like literally the two planets that it seems you know, the elite hate the most. Um, but let's look at this shit real quick. She is the governor, Kathy Hochul B. Day. Miss Virgo, born August 27th, 1958. Masonry equals 58. Uh, what's her name? Ritual equals 27. So let's see from yeah, her birthday coming up. My sister's birthday coming up too. Both um, Leo's. Leo's season. Alright, so what was yesterday? The 29th? Alright. Up until August 27th. That's wild. 29 days. <laughs> That's 29 days. From the 29th, the day that she declared it, up until. Her birthday is 29 days. That's wild. That's wild as fuck. That's wild as fuck. And her birthday has 57-day numerology. <laughs> All by the numbers, man. This shit is by the numbers as fuck. So what else was I supposed to talk about? Uh, quick commercial break. I've been talking for 18 minutes straight. Hold up. All right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was um Kathy Holchul. And the uh, New York shit that we got yesterday. So also yesterday, uh, again, yesterday had a uh, 42-day numerology. Um, if you did not know, I don't know if I mentioned that in this episode yet. But yeah, yesterday had 42-day numerology. Gun equals 42. Uh, and that's the pure cipher. Uh, alphabetic order, rules of numerology. Gun equals 42. Um Assault weapons equals 42 as well. And that's, uh, oh, excuse me. Assault weapons equals 42 in the period cipher, which is the alphabet with the rules of numerology applied. Gun equals 42 uh, just with the alphabet, Vedic order, forwards and backwards. No, not forwards and backwards, but forwards. Just uh, with A equaling 1 up to Z equaling 26. Uh, and again, like I said, 42 day numerology yesterday. So I'll give you that formula real quick. But that was, let's say, the 29th. And, yeah, so 42-day numerology, 7 plus 29 plus 2 plus 0 plus 2 plus 2 equals 42. Uh, so I'll just read what the L.A. Times wrote yesterday, post time, 7.33 p.m. I'm assuming that's 
All right, so, all right, so the House passed legislation Friday to revive a ban on semi-automatic guns, the first vote of its kind in years, and a direct response to the firearms often used in the crush of mass shootings ripping through communities nationwide. It's been an 18-year lapse. Um, let's see. Once banned in the U.S., the high-powered firearms are now widely blamed as the weapon of choice among young men responsible for many of the most devastating mass shootings. Uh, but Congress has allowed the restrictions first put in place in '94 on the manufacturing and sales of the weapons to, the, to expire a decade later. Unable to muster the political support to counter the powerful gun lobby and reinstate the weapons ban, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, pushed the vote toward passage in the Democratic-run House, saying the earlier ban saved lives. Not going to get into the rest of that. It looks like it'll likely stall in the Senate at 50-50, though. The House legislation is shunned by Republicans who dismissed it as an election year strategy by Democrats. All but two Republicans, Republican Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania and Chris Jacobs of New York, voted against the bill. All right, so so the bill passed 217 to 213, hmm. and it'll likely stall in the Senate, of course. Uh, but yeah, so we ain't into all that. But like I said, 42 day numerology. That's why we got that shit. Uh, a lot of Libra news yesterday. You know, 42 is also the number for females and uh, black people as well. Which is why if you listen to my last episode, you had Will Smith come out yesterday and talk his little shit. Uh, you know, more of the same. Uh, so also wanted to get into uh, because yesterday had 24 day numerology, right? Uh, 24 day numerology uh that means you would just add up yesterday's date and complete single digits so seven plus two plus nine plus two plus zero plus two plus two equals 24 um again you know that is the uh you know the female code um again libra which is ruled by venus um that's what kamala harris is uh, libra equals 42 and 24 female if i'm not mistaken female equals 42 and 24 and that's forwards so forwards in the same cipher is both female and uh libra equal 42 right and 24 again yesterday had 42 and 24 day numerology again that's why you had will smith in the news yesterday because uh, he's a libra but also we had uh and not many people know this not people not many people know um uh, about about this rapper yet and he's you know on the rise, like for real, for real. Um, little Shorty Scott, um, you know, out of Atlanta. Now, uh, y'all do know. I'm pretty sure if you're, you know, familiar with hip hop, we know about the death of a uh, little kid at age 24 earlier this year. Um, well, really, it was literally like right after the Young Thug Rico case indictments and shit. Uh, little kid died. Um, you know, let me see what day he died. Hold on, let's see. Uh, but Little Shorty Scott is ultimately the sound has the same, you know, sound as Lil Lil Keed. Uh now I'll play a little snippet. Um uh but let me see something. And this you know oh shit, dogs outside. Alright, so yeah, he died May thirteenth. Right. Lil Keed died during Venus. Uh during the time of Venus, during Taurus, twenty four years old. He was a Pisces, right? Uh March 16th when he was born. 
Damn, it's kind of like John 3.16. For God gave his only for God's son. All right. Uh, and then, you know, Young Thug is the Leo. So, hmm. The son. Uh, but anyway, with uh, Little Key dying May 13th, uh, now you have uh, Little Shorty Sky. Um, you know, he just uh, dropped. I guess it's the album. Um, his cousin, um, one of my best friends, who's also a Libra, uh, you know, sent me the, uh, the album link. Yeah, he sent me this album. It's called The Twin Society. And I'm sure, I'm almost positive that the artist, that his cousin does not know. Like, I know my boy knows, but I know that his cousin does not know, you know, the ultimate ritual that's going on. You know what I mean? And a lot of people, you know, in that camp are going to look at me like I'm fucking retarded, especially if they hear this. They're, you know, they're probably, you know, they're gonna, you know, like, yo, this nigga done lost his damn mind. But if you listen to any of my episodes, you already know how, you know, how it's paired, how Venus and Mercury is paired. And with Twin, the the album I'm assuming is called The Twin Society. With it being called Twin, um, you know, that's a Mercury reference. It was, it dropped yesterday. The album debuted yesterday, um, 729. Um, you guys don't know this, but he's he's a Libra. Like Little Shorty Scott is a Libra. Thus, the album dropped yesterday. You know what I mean? And I'm sure he probably doesn't know. I would say I'm 95 percent sure that he has no idea. You know of the greater you know manifestation happening here. But like I said, they got the same sound, um, and he's got a track with Offset. Like that's like, well, I don't see it on here, but we know he he's got the remix to his song "Rocking a Cardigan in Atlanta" right with Offset. Uh, offset like Lil Key ruled by Jupiter. Um and again Lil Key died on the twenty fourth. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I don't I think Jordan birthday, because that's his real name, Jordan. Um, um I think his birthday is um I wanna say the first of October. It's either the first or the tenth, but you know, talented brother boy hey, he can rap. It is like t- just to witness this is just you know, it's very real. And like, I, it, I mean, it's real. It's really happening. Like, we've been watching this in the making for a while. Like, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm in awe. Like, I, you know, you want to tell, but you know, you already know certain people's reactions because I've already told certain, um, I told people close to him already. Even his cousin know. Like, and like I said, his cousin's my best friend type shit. You know what I'm saying? But... You know, we just gonna watch and see see how this plays out. Uh, I told you guys when Lil' Key died, you know what I mean, what it was. Um, but yeah, that's that. Not gonna get too much into it. You know, like I said, again, he is a Libra though. So it'll be interesting once it, once he does blow up and get that global recognition. Because um, it looks like that's where it's headed. Once he does get that global recognition, um, it's gonna be very interesting to see... Uh, if they allow him to keep his same birthday and shit like that. Um, but anyway, um, I mean, we can run the numbers real quick. Um, granted, his little shorty Scott Lil, uh, and he spells it S-H-O-R-D-I-E. Uh, pure cipher, uh, alphabetical order, rules, and numerology. That equals 71. And we know 71 in reverse. Well, 71 equal African-American equals 71. Catholic equals 71. Um, 71 is the reflection of 17. We know rap equals 17. Um, now, with the in reverse, 
with the rules of numerology, it equals 91. And we know 91 is 91 a prime number. 91 is the 13th triangular number. Um, crazy. It really was out there in Dallas and Texas and shit. But I ain't gonna get into that. Um, 91 is the reflection of 19. Rap equals 19. So, you know, if you drop a little, if you just call him Shorty Scott, which I don't really hear a lot of people do that. Um, but maybe they do. Maybe, you know. I know they be saying Shorty, but Shorty Scott, pure cipher, equals 56. Um, if you're a veteran, you already know about 56. Society of Jesus equals 56. Um, let me see something real quick. Um, you know, but it's just something to look at. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I pray for him, man. I hope every, I hope he's safe and shit. You know, cause this industry ain't no motherfucking joke. I'm watching my goddamn back now. You know what I mean? Cause like this is literally my uh, my friend since fucking seventh grade. This is his first cousin type shit. You know what I mean? Ain't gonna get into all that though. Uh, next, what do we have on the list? Oh, fucking tired, man. Speaking of Venus, I'm dealing with a Venus chick. You know what I'm saying? That shit ain't no joke, nigga. Gotta go down. Oh, I see somebody finally hit the jackpot. Somebody out there in Chicago, or Illinois, rather. And it's crazy because then I just tell you how a senator from Illinois got COVID, and then a day later, his state hits the lotto. All right, so yeah, we're just gonna get into that history lesson I was gonna talk about today. Um, so, yeah, just bear with me one moment. What was I gonna talk about? Uh, the history of that and slavery, yeah, the history of slavery in America, just through this, you know, online book that I'm reading, The Science of Everything in Life. One moment, Shut the fuck up. 
So that was little Shorty Scott, all right? Now I'm going to play little Keed, and I'm going to see if you can tell the difference. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I probably don't even have him in my shit, because I do not listen to that nigga. And now nobody's going to be listening to him. Um, where are you? I know I put you in here for the young kids. I know you're in here, little kid. You're here. Oh, 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 too fast. And another nigga, that little Uzi nigga. Nigga's really... Ugh. All right, let's see. I'm sure he's yodeling on all these songs, so we'll just play the shortest one. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. That was definitely, that was Playboy Cardi. Another little demon ass nigga. <laughs> Alright. But you get the point. Um, little Shorty Scott is a more, I guess, squeakier version. But yeah, blase, blase. Um, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get into that uh, the history shit. Hold up, one moment. I had to remix it real quick. Ah uh, man, be on the lookout. All right, so enough about that. Hope nobody gets mad at me about that little segment. You know, I'm just out here putting out the, putting out the truth. So you know, I know certain people. You know, they can only take the truth from certain people. You know what I mean? And you know, some people don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Well, then stay away from me, because I'm gonna shed this little light of mine. You know what I mean? And if you try to put it out, you will lose. Um, but anyway, we'll get on that, uh, reading shit. Um, you know, my history lesson, we're going to talk about, uh, slavery, um, in America, uh, again, uh, slavery abolished in America, um, uh, December 18th, 1865. Um, so just get into it. Pretty sure this is a safe enough location. All right. So. Following its ratification, 
by the requisite three quarters of the states earlier in the month, the 13th Amendment is adopted into the U.S. Constitution, ensuring that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist within the United States nor any other place that is subject to the U.S. jurisdiction. We know right there that that did not come about. Mm, excuse me. Before the American Civil War, Abraham Lincoln and other leaders of the anti-slavery Republican Party sought not to abolish slavery, but to merely stop its extension into the new territories and states of the American West. This policy was unacceptable to most Southern politicians who believed that the growth of free states would turn the U.S. power structure against them. In November of 1860, President Lincoln's election as president signaled the succession of uh, seven Southern states and the formation of the Confederate States of America. Shortly after his inauguration in 1861, the Civil War began. Fuck is this? All right. Four more states that are southern joined the Confederacy, while four border state, while four border slave states in the Upper South remained in the Union. Lincoln, though he privately detested slavery, responded cautiously to the call of, by abolitionists for the emancipation of all American slaves. As the war dragged on, however, the Republican-dominated federal government began to realize the strategic advantages of freeing slaves. The liberation of slaves would weaken the Confederacy by depriving it of a major portion of its labor force, which would in turn strengthen the Union by producing an influx of workers. When 11 Southern states, that's crazy, black equals 11, master number, master number is 11. When 11 Southern states succeeded from the Union, there were few pro-slavery congressional representatives to stand in the way of such an action. In 1862, Congress annulled the Fugitive Slave Laws, prohibited slavery in the U.S. territory, and authorized Lincoln to employ free slaves in the Army. Following a major Union victory in September, Lincoln issued a warning of his intent to issue an Emancipation Proclamation for all states still in rebellion on New Year's Day. That day, in January 1, 1863, Lincoln formally issued the Emancipation Proclamation. January 1st, that's 11. You know, 1 slash 1, that's 11. Black equals 11. Uh, So President Lincoln formally issued the Emancipation Proclamation calling on the Union Army to liberate all slaves in states still in rebellion as an act of justice warranted by the Constitution upon military necessity. These 3 million slaves are declared to be then thenceforward and forever free. The proclamation exempted the border slave states that remained in the Union and all or parts of the three Confederate states controlled by the Union Army. The Emancipation Proclamation transformed the Civil War from a war against succession into a war for new birth of freedom, as Lincoln stated in his Gettysburg Address. Time to spark it real quick, Sparky. Call me Sparky. (laughs) I 
to turn the whip on, but it's oh. Again, it's not your traditional podcast, more like a seminar. I like to think of it as a hood seminar, even though I'm not, I don't live in the hood. Not yet, anyway. My new apartment is gonna be in the hood. Yeah, you know, I wanna be, I wanna be around, you know, my people and shit. No sellout shit. We're going to build up our own community. But we're going to start with the mind. All right. This ideology. Damn, I'm tripping. All right. So this ideology. Or this ideological. Ideological change. Hold on discourage the intervention of France and England on the Confederacy's behalf and enable the Union to enlist 180,000 African American soldiers and sailors who volunteered to fight between January 1st 1863 and the conclusion of the war as the Confederacy sees staggered toward defeat Lincoln realized that the Emancipation Proclamation a war measure might have little constitutional authority once the war was over. The Republican Party subsequently introduced the 13th Amendment into Congress, and in April 1864, the the necessary two-thirds of the overwhelmingly Republican Senate passed the amendment. However, the House of Representatives, featuring a higher portion of Democrats, did not pass the amendment by two-thirds majority until 1865 three months before the Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrendered at Appomattox Courthouse. See that three a lot, man. You know, three equals 56, society of these 56, but anyway. On December 2nd, 1865, Alabama became the 27th state to ratify the 13th Amendment, thus giving it the requisite three-fourths majority of the state approval necessary to make it the law of the land. Alabama, a former Confederate state, was forced to ratify the amendment as a condition for readmission into the Union. On December 18th, the 13th Amendment was officially adopted into the Constitution 246 years after the first shipload of Africans were brought to Jamestown, Virginia, and were known among themselves as POW, prisoners of war. Slavery and her legacy with the efforts to overcome it remained a central issue in U.S. politics for more than a century, particularly during the post-Civil War Reconstruction era and the African-American Civil Rights Movement of 1950 through 1960. Much of America's understanding of early relationship between the Indian and European is conveyed through the story of Thanksgiving. Proclaimed a holiday in 1863 by Abraham Lincoln, this fairy tale of a feast was allowed to exist in the American imagination untouched until 1970, which is the 350th anniversary of the landing of the pilgrims on Plymouth Rock. Much of a, oh, excuse me. That is when Frank B. James, who was the president of the Federated Eastern Indian League, prepared a speech for a Plymouth banquet that exposed the pilgrims for having committed the robbery of the graves of the Wampanoag Indians. Wampanoag, I don't know how you say it. 
He wrote, we welcome you, the white man, with open arms, little knowing that it was the beginning of the end of life as he knew it. That before 50 years were to pass, the Wampanoag would no longer be a free people. However, European Massachusetts officials told him he could not deliver the speech and offered to write him another one. Instead, James declined to speak. And on Thanksgiving Day, hundreds of Native Americans from the country from around the country came to protest. This is in 1970, I believe. It was the first national day of mourning, a day to mark the losses Native Americans suffered as the early settlers prospered. This true story of Thanksgiving is what Europeans did not want Mr. James to tell. They did not want him to tell what really happened in Plymouth in 1621. According to a single paragraph account in the writings of one pilgrim, a harvest feast did not take place in Plymouth in 1621, probably in October, but the Native Americans who attended were not invited. Though it later became known as Thanksgiving, the pilgrims never, ever, ever called it that. Excuse me. In addition, the imagery of a picnic of interracial harmony is some of the most terrifying bloodsheds in New World history. So, but I mean, that should be basic shit. You should already know that Thanksgiving was disguised as a feast. We already know that. Only, only a uh, little white boys believe that shit. Well, actually, I'm sure there are little black kids that believe that shit. You know what I mean? I ain't even gonna cap. I remember I was teaching this back when I was with uh, my, my kid's mom. I remember I used to be trying to tell them, um, teach them about slavery and shit, her older kids. And she was getting mad and shit. Like, don't teach them that shit. And that's where we at. Like, that's where we at. Like, I remember Snoop Dogg, punk ass, was sitting over there. I hate watching movies about slavery and the struggle and shit. You know, and I, I don't mean that he's a punk ass. He's not a punk ass. I, I take that back. I feel like that was, you know, a punk ass statement. But now that as as I further listen and think about that, maybe I guess he does have a point. You know what I mean? He does have a point because we should be getting more movies about, you know, black success versus, you know, the struggle. Granted, we do still need to know about the struggle. So I recant that statement. He is not a punk ass. That's actually a very intelligent statement he made. So forgive me for that if you ever happen to listen to this episode, Snoop Dogg. Um, but you know we should we should know we should know what it is. You know what I mean? As far as you know that history shit. Uh, it's a lot of fucking reading. I mean, hold on, man. Reading is fundamental, though, man. A lot of motherfuckers don't read. My ass be forgetting to read sometimes. I be going to pick up shit in the store. I be picking up the wrong shit. Paper and everything. Wrong shit. Because I didn't read. Crazy ass nigga, man. Alright. So, the pilgrim crop had failed miserably that year, 1621. But the agricultural expertise of the Native Americans had produced 20 acres of corn without which the pilgrims would have... Without the pilgrims... See, he, the way he write this shit, man. Oh, my God. Damn fuck is wrong with this nigga fuck agitated today it's fucking my day of the week and shit. shout out to our Saturnians Capricorns and Aquariuses out there man fuck shit real 
Alright, let me finish this. Let me start. The Pilgrim crop had failed miserably that year, but the agricultural expertise of the the Native Americans had produced 20 acres of corn, and without that, the Pilgrims would have died. The so-called Indians often brought food to the Pilgrims who came from England ridiculously unprepared to survive the hence conditions um, they relied exclusively on handouts from the over gen- overly generous Native Americans, <laughs> thus making the Pilgrims the Western Hemisphere's first-class recipients of welfare. The Pilgrims invented, you know, even today, white people are still, if we go on by the numbers, are more white people are on welfare. Maybe not percentage-wise, but more white people are on welfare than black people. The Pilgrims invented, or excuse me, the Pilgrims invited the Native American Sacum Massoit, which is probably what Massachusetts is named now, the Sacum Massoit to their feast. And it was Massa Massasoit or whatever, M A I don't know how to say it. It was Massasoit engaging in the tribal tradition of equal sharing, who then invited ninety or more of his brothers and sisters uh to that feast, which annoyed the fifty or so ungrateful Europeans. <laughs> So the pilgrims invited one motherfucker and that nigga brought a hundred niggas and they did not like that shit. You know how white folks be? Uh, There was no turkey. There was no cranberry sauce or pumpkin pie that was served. Uh, Instead, they ate duck. They ate geese, venison from the five deer that they brought. Well, that Massiot brought or whatever Native American nigga that nigga name is. God damn, I can't say that shit. In fact... All of the food was brought and prepared by the Native Americans who are 10,000 years of who have basically 10,000 years of familiarity with the land and with the cuisine of the region. And they had kept the Europeans alive up until that point. The pilgrims wore no black hats or buckle shoes. These were silly inventions of artists hundreds of years afterwards, you know, to try to make them seem as though they look better than that. Well, you know, typical white boy shit. These lower class Englishmen, because that's all they were, you know, I mean, they tried to make it seem like they were these religious people. These motherfuckers were basically like crooks and shit. These shit like that. Poor ass white folks that got the hell on. You know, these lower class Englishmen wore brightly colored clothing with one of their church leaders recording among his possessions one pair of green drawers. Contrary to the fabricated lore of storytellers' generations, since no pilgrims prayed at their meal <laughs> and the only and the supposed good cheer and fellowship must have dissipated quickly once the pilgrims brandished their weaponry in a primitive display of intimidation the pilgrims consumed a great deal of homebrew which is another you know word for like alcohol or beer in fact each pilgrim drank at least a half gallon of beer a day which they preferred to drink over water. This daily inebriation led their governor, William Bradford, to comment on his people's notorious sinning, which included their drunkenness and unseemingless, seemingly rampant sodomy, meaning they were out there fucking each other and probably grabbing Indians and fucking Indians, you know, gay shit. The Pilgrims of Plymouth, who are the original scalpers, Contrary to the popular mythology that Indians are the first people to be running around scalping people. 
But the first, the pilgrims of the Plymouth Rock community were no friends to the local Native Americans. They were engaged in a ruthless war of extermination against these Native Americans. And even as they falsely posed as friends, um, well, excuse me, they engaged in war with them while at the same time posing as their friends. Just days before the alleged Thanksgiving love feast, a company of pilgrims led by Miles Standish actively sought to chop off the head of a local chief. They deliberately caused a rivalry between two friendly Native American groups, pitting one against the other in an attempt to obtain better, better intelligence and make them both more diligent. An 11-foot-high wall was then built around the entire settlement for keeping the Native Americans out. Any so-called Indian who came within the vicinity of the Pilgrim settlement was subject to robbery, enslavement, or even murder. The Pilgrims further advertised their evil intentions and racial hostility when they mounted five cannons on a hill around their settlement, constructed a platform for artillery, and then organized their soldiers into four companies, all in the preparation for the military destruction of their friends, the so-called Indians. Pilgrim Miles Standish eventually got his buddy bloody prize. He went to the Native Americans to pretend it to be a traitor and then beheaded a Native American man named Wittawamit. He brought the head to the Plymouth community where it was displayed on a wooden spike for many years, according to Gary B. Nash, as a symbol of it was a symbol of European power. Standish had the so-called Indian man's young brother hung from the rafters for good measure. From that time on, the Europeans were known to the Native Americans of Massachusetts by the name Watoquinage, which in their tongue meant cutthroats and stabbers. The myth of the fierce, ruthless, so-called Indian savage lusting after blood for the innocent European was much was vigorously dispelled at this point. In actuality, the historical record shows the very opposite was true. Once the European settlement stabilized, the Europeans turned on their hosts in brutal in a brutal way. Ooh, that's 20 minutes straight. Hold up real quick. Alright, uh, so yeah, before I get back into that uh Native American shit, that history lesson I was giving you, I just wanted to cover the uh you know, some more of Venus news yesterday. That we had, you know, on the 42-day numerology. Um, again, 42 is the number for females as well as black people. Um, and I saw that uh, there was a football player, former football player, Kevin Ware, was in the news yesterday for, um, it looks like, killing his girlfriend. Um, Kevin Ware, um, let me see, former NFL tight end, Kevin Ware was indicted in the murder of his girlfriend, Taylor Pamaski who was found dead in Texas last year. Um, so, you know, looked at it. Uh, Kevin Ware uh, was born September 30th, so that makes him a, a Libra. Um, he's 41 years old right now. Um, I looked, he played for the Washington Redskins and for the 49ers. Both teams have a connection to 50. Uh, I believe Redskins, I ain't even going to get into that. But um, looked at it, and, you know, again, with it breaking on Friday, Friday named after Venus. He's a Libra ruled by Venus. We know Venus equals 54 in reverse. Kevin 
Kevin Ware, that is. Kevin Ware equals 54 in reverse with the rules of numerology applied. So, you know, that's why we got that news yesterday. Um, could be real. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it ain't. Who knows? Uh, you know why they posted it the way they did. Um, I actually looked at the article for um, New York Post, the New York Post, and decided to, to choose that article. And um, they made, they posted that article um, at 3.04 a.m. yesterday. Uh, again, yesterday was the 29th um, in the English order or with the alphabet forwards, no rules or numerology apply. So A is the first letter up to Z is the 26th. Black actually equals 29. Um, and again, yesterday was 29th, 42 day numerology. Uh, and I looked and I see that, uh, you know, with them posting it at 304, that's a that's like 34. And with the uh, reverse cipher, rules of numerology applied, black equals 34. Um, I always tell people, shout out to Zachary K. Hubbard for this too. Um, but we always tell people um, four is a number heavily associated with death. That's why they posted it four minutes past the hour. So I'm going to look um, real quick. Because uh, we have some other shit. I actually saw um, some more news out of Texas for some reason. Uh, Texas is in the news heavy yesterday. Um, there was a, uh, an incident at a Dillard's, right? A Dillard's in Texas, North Lake Mall or some shit. Let me go back to that. Yeah, North, North Texas dad's reaction after Dillard's employee hurls racial slur at son. And it goes viral. This was yesterday, so... It says, over the past several days, a video of North Texas father calmly confronting a Dillard's clerk at Dallas North Park Center Mall has gone viral. The clerk witness, or excuse me, the clerk witnesses confirmed her herald or basically said a racial slur at the man's 10 year old son. I asked the question, what could he have done? What could, have, could the 10 year old do to Homer, who was the clerk, Homer? To deserve to be called a fucking nigger. The dad, the child's father, Muhammad Kareem, doesn't really expect an answer, but he, you know, he basically talked to him. If you look at my Instagram page, I had a little video about it. Uh, but, you know, it seems a little staged is because I ran the numbers and it could be authentic. But the reason why is, I guess, hitting national news the day that it did, which was yesterday. Uh, again, 42 day numerology, black people. Or black, or not black, but, uh, you know, Negro equals 42, I think. No, no, it don't. Nigger, nigger equals 42, excuse me. You know, Martin equals 42. Malcolm X equals 42. Jackie equals 42. Jackie Robertson Warren, the number 42. I could keep going. But um, Homer, the other two numbers that I tell you that are coded over black people are, uh, you know, the numbers 59 and 76, right? February, Black History Month ends on the 59th day of the year. You know, the Bible verse, Acts chapter 7, verse 6, um, you know, you keep going. But Homer in Gematria, four base ciphers, is a complete match with Negro, you know, in the same ciphers. 59, 32, 76, and 22. That's what Homer. So it could be real, could be staged. Um, I'm going to go with staged because... Dillard's, where this incident took place, Dillard's equals 34 uh, forwards with the rules of numerology. And we know black equals 
34 in reverse with the rules of numerology. Um, in reverse with the rules of numerology, dealers also equals 56. And, you know, society of Jesus. So, you know, something to think about. Also, I saw Patrick Mahomes was in the news yesterday. Um, oh, for, uh, you know, talking about how black quarterbacks are being treated in the NFL. And again, with him being a Virgo, you know, comes on obviously Venus Day, Virgo ruled by Mercury. They like to pair Venus and Mercury and shit like that. Patrick Mahomes, a black quarterback. Hold up, let me see, because Zach wrote about this shit. Let me see. All right, so let me just read what Zachary K. Hubbard said. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' NFL career is littered with the number 42. And this news comes on a Friday, July 29th, which is International Tiger Day. A date with 42 uh, date numerology. Uh, 729 2022 equals 7 plus 29 plus 2 plus 0 plus 2 plus 2, which equals 42. Remember, every black quarterback to win the Super Bowl has the 42 connection, like how Jackie equals 42. Jackie wore number 42. Uh, yesterday was also 50 days uh, before Patrick Mahomes. Uh, birthday, which is September 17th, and we know Chiefs equals 50 in Gematria. Uh, so that was that. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna um, go ahead and uh, finish reading that shit I was reading to you the other day. Oh, damn. Oh, shit. Hold on. Let me see something. Also, back to, just to address that Will Smith shit. Will Smith and Jamatria, English. So in forwards, A is the first letter, Z is the, Z is the um twenty six. Will Smith equals one hundred and twenty five. And his apology yesterday came one hundred and twenty five days. Um, you know, after the uh, slap of the Oscars, which was March twenty seventh. I think that's the end date included. So just that. Um, but anyway, we'll get back to that. To the Native Americans and how they were basically annihilated. Like everybody else who has skin that isn't white. Uh, let me see. No. Fucking tired, man. Alright, where was I? So, you know, left off talking about Miles Standish and shit and how he's out there beheading the Indians and shit. Uh, so the once amicable relationship was breached repeatedly by the Europeans who lusted over the riches of the so-called Indian lands. A combination of pilgrims, demonization of the so-called Indians that concocted mythology of Eurocentric historians and standard Hollywood propaganda have served to paint the gentle Native Americans as a tomahawk-swinging savage, endlessly on a warpath, lusting for the blood of the God-fearing Europeans. You know, same thing they do with us. They use these rappers and shit to make it seem like black people are out here trying to kill people and shit. Meanwhile, it's Uncle Sam. Uh, let's see. Uh, however, the Pilgrim's own testimony obliterates the fallacy that Native Americans are, you know, violent. The so-called Indians engaged each other in military contests from time to time. 
but the causes of war, the methods, and the resulting damage is very different or differed profoundly from the way Europeans carried out war. The Indian wars were largely symbolic and were about honor, not about territory or extermination. Uh, the wars were fought as domestic correction or a specific act and were ended when a correction was achieved. Mm. Uh, such action might better be described as internal policy or policing, excuse me. The conquest or destruction of whole territories was a European concept. The Indian Wars were often engaged in the in by family groups, not by tribal groups, and would involve only the family members. The lengthy negotiation was engaged in between the aggrieved parties before escalation to physical confrontation would be sanctioned. Uh, surprise attacks were unknown to Indians. It was regarded as evidence of bravery for a man to go into battle carrying no weapon that would do any harm at a distance. Not even bows and arrows were used when fighting amongst the Indians. The bravest act in a war in some Native American cultures was to touch their adversary and escape before he could do physical harm. The targeting of non-combatants like children and women and the elderly was never even contemplated by the Native Americans. Native Americans express, express shock and repugnance when the Europeans told and then showed them that they considered women and children fair game in their style of war. The major Native American wars might end with less than a dozen people dead on both sides. Often when the arrows had been expended, the war had been halted. The European practice of wiping out whole nations in bloody massacres was incomprehensible to the Indians. According to one scholar, the most notable feature of Native American warfare was its relatively innocuity. Uh, I probably said that wrong. European observers of Native American warfare often expressed surprise at how little harm that they actually inflicted on one another. Their wars are far less bloody and devouring than the cruel wars of Europe commented, commented settler Roger Williams in 1643. Even Puritan warmonger and professional soldier Captain John Mason scuffed at so-called Indian warfare, stating their feeble manner did hardly deserve the name of fighting. Fellow warmonger John Underhill spoke about the Nagarasits, I'm guessing that's an Indian group, after having spent a day burning and spoiling their country. No Indians would come near us, but run from us as the deer from the dogs. He concluded that the so-called Indians might fight seven years with each other and not kill even seven people. The fighting style they used, he wrote, is more for pastime than to conquer and subdue enemies. All this describes a people for whom war is a deeply regrettable last resort. An agrarian people, the Native Americans had devised a civilization that provided dozens of options, all designed to avoid conflict, 
the very opposite of Europeans, for whom all-out war and ferocious bloodlust and systematic genocide are basically their life, uh, you know, their way of life. That's their life force, kill. Thomas Jefferson, who himself advocated the physical extermination of the American so-called Indian, said of Europe, the Europeans are nations of internal war. All their energies are expended in the destruction of labor, property, and the lives of other people. The Puritan Holocaust by 1630, a new group of 700 even holier Europeans calling themselves Puritans had arrived on 11 ships and settled in Boston, which only served to accelerate the brutality against the so-called Indians. In one incident, in 1637, a force of Europeans trapped about 700 uh, Piku Indians, mostly women and children and the elderly, near the mouth of the Mystic River. They did a movie about that. Englishman John Mason attacked the camp with fire, sword, blunderbuss, and tomahawks. Only a handful escaped and a few prisoners were taken to the apparent delight of the Europeans. To see them frying in the fire and the streams of blood quenching the same and the stench was horrible, but the victory seemed to be a great sacrifice and they gave and they gave praise to God after they did it. This event marked the first actual Thanksgiving. In just ten years, twelve thousand Europeans had invaded New England, and as their numbers grew, they pressed for the all-out extermination of the Indians. I mean, shit, this is ridiculous. And this is what they're about to do to South America. This is what they're, you know, about to do to, you know, Sub-Saharan Africa. And uh, they're getting ready to do that shit to, you know, Southeast Asia. Euro diseases had reduced the population of the Massachusetts nation from over 24,000 to less than 750. Meanwhile, the number of European settlers in Massachusetts rose to over 20,000 by 1646. By 1675, the Massachusetts Englishmen were in a full-scale war with the great chief of the Wampanoag, Metacomet, renamed King Philip by the Europeans. Metacomet watched the steady erosion of the lifestyle culture of his people as Europeans imposed laws and, and their European values engulfed them. In 1671, the European had ordered Metacomet to come to Plymouth to enforce upon him a new treaty which included the humiliating rule that he could no longer sell his own land without prior approval from the Europeans. They also demanded that, in he, that he turn in his community's firearms. Marked for extermination by the merciless power of a distant king, and his ruthless subjects, Metacomet retaliated in 1675 with raids on several isolated frontier towns. Eventually, they attacked 52 of the 90 New England towns, destroying 13 of them. The Englishmen ultimately regrouped and, after much bloodletting, uh, defeated the great nation just half a century after the arrival of the Massachusetts English people, whatever, Europeans. 
Historian Douglas Edward Leach describes the end, the ruthless executions, the cruel sentences were all aimed at the same goal, the unchallengeable European supremacy in the southern New England. The program succeeded and convincingly demonstrated by the almost complete docility of the local Native Americans. When Captain Benjamin Church tracked down and murdered Metacomet in 1676, his body was quartered and parts were left for the wolves. The great Indian chief's hands were cut off and sent to Boston, and his head went to Plymouth, where it was set upon a pole on the real first day of public thanksgiving for the beginning of revenge upon the enemy. Metacomet's nine-year-old son was destined for execution because the Europeans reasoned the offspring of the devil must pay for the sins of their father. The child was instead uh, sent to the Caribbean to spend the rest of his life in slavery. As the Holocaust continued, several official Thanksgiving days were proclaimed. Governor Joseph Dudley declared in 1704 general thanksgiving, not in celebration of a fellowship of man, but for God's infinite goodness to extend his favors. In defeating and disappointing the expeditions of the enemy, meaning the Indians, um, and the good success given to them, basically some manifest destiny shit. Uh, Just two years later, one could reap a hefty reward in, in Massachusetts, for scalping an Indian, demonstrating that the practice of scalping was a European tradition. According to one scholar, hunting redskins became a popular sport in New England, especially since so-called Indian prisoners were worth good money. So on that note, that's the end of that. Um, No, more of the same. You should already know about this shit. If you do, you know now. Um, So, uh, yeah, um, let's look at today's day numerology, see what we got for the remainder of the day. Then I ain't gonna hold you, man. Let me see. Oh, yeah, I think I already talked about it. 79, 43, 1659, day numerology, Society of Jesus and Murder equals 79. So be on the lookout for a shooting. Ooh, 211th day of the year, um, government equals 47, so 211 is the 47th prime. Uh, 59 date numerology, 17 prime shot equals 59. 7 slash 30, like 73, sacrifice equals 73. So tomorrow is the first, I think, let me see. Alright, we'll just touch it tomorrow. But yeah, that's it for today. Y'all hold it down.